Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and look, it's Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, hi, Nikki. Happy Pledge Drive Month. Happy Pledge Drive Month. We are still in the heat of our Pledge Drive Month, and we're very excited about it. And I just want to start by saying thank you to everyone who has jumped on board the pledge drive we are up uh we've got um we've got seven new members over the last week and we have a whole bunch of people who have upgraded to join the platinum tier or who have upgraded their from their other tier um and so we're super excited to to see from one tier to another does that even make any sense am i am i still talking is this on (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway um we're very excited we've got upgrading members so people who are in the community and want to get a little bit more out of out of their membership with us and join us for some new stuff so i'm really excited welcome to everybody uh including Stuart and t-dub and christopher and shy and nicole and bidisha and ryan You, you all are fantastic for for jumping into the community thank you so much for that and uh, as we record this, if you are members and you are listening to this in your uh, in your patron podcast feed, your very special patron podcast feed, I will tell you right now as a reminder, Friday, this coming Friday, that'll be the 9th, 10th, Friday the 10th, 11th, Friday the 11th of March is Coffee with Pete, our very first inaugural platinum level Coffee with Pete, but anyone can come. And um, and so I'm excited to talk to people about tech and systems and whatever else you want. We could even just talk about coffee if you want. I'll talk mm-hmm. about coffee. Uh, so that's coming on Friday. So very excited about that. What is uh, what are you doing to celebrate the high holy days of Pledge Drive? Going to have coffee with Pete. <laughs> As you do. As yes, you do. Yes. And we're going to have coaching with Nikki at the end of the month. And I have a feeling we might be talking about fear of better options. So I hope that you do not see the better option of not having coffee with Pete or coaching with Nikki. Pick us. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. We're a good option. That's right. (laughs) We are a good option. You know who else is a good option? Our community is a good option. And I will say right now. Oh, they're better than us. They're better (laughs) than us. They're, They're why you join. And in fact, you know, we have this happy hour. If you don't know, Supreme members, we have a happy hour every month, the first Wednesday of every month. And, and it was such a fun experience. It has become such a fun experience that uh, people who hang out for happy hour are actually having their own happy hour, <laughs> which, which I guess we're invited to if we want to go. 
Uh, yeah. This is the community. Uh, Lindsay is actually running the community happy hour on Wednesday, March 16th at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific time. And it is uh, inspired because apparently a whole month is way too long to wait for the next happy hour. Come connect and recharge with a listener-led hangout. So I might show up and just not talk because I like being in the presence of these people so much. Uh, (laughs) But I don't even need to say anything. So I'm very excited about that. That is March 16th for our first listener-led happy hour. May there be more happy hours throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Today... We are talking about all the other things that you could be doing or the fear that there are so many other things that you could be doing. Uh, A new term that we uh, met. Actually, it's not even new. It's not new. It's new to us. Right. New to us. Uh, New to us. Phobo. 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 Fear of better options. It's the brother of FOMO. FOMO and FOBO. They're like planets that orbit one another. Mm-hmm. They are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is good. So we're going to talk all about FOBO and what we've learned about FOBO. And uh, so, you know, before we start talking about FOBO, you just need to think about how awesome it would be to be part of the ADHD community. Just visit patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast and you can join right there and take advantage of our pledge drive and get all the goodies that are coming this month. We love you all. Thank you so much for your consideration. And now, let's FOBO. Nikki. Yes. What is FOBO? FOBO, fear of better options. So this came up from our um, our research from last the, the show that we did last week. Yeah, we did a show just last week, and it was called, it was packed, packed goals. Pact right. Goals. And, and in the, goals. right. And the, in the research of packed goals came this, this FOBO. And we even said, Hey, that could be a whole, you know, episode. And here we are, we're doing an episode on FOBO. Isn't that ironic that we would <laughs> actually find a better option for the show this week called right. the fear FOBO? of better options. I know oh, it is. Oh, we can go on and on with this. Right. <laughs> uh, but this is coined by Patrick McGinnis, who also did the whole, um, thought process or thought around FOMO, which is the fear mm-hmm. of missing out. So this Patrick McInnes guy, he has, he has some fears going on. He does. He's say. just scared of a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. So what I thought was so interesting is I did some research on FOBO because this was the first time that I've really have heard about it. Although it's not I've heard, I, ha- I haven't heard of it in FOBO, but the fear of better options is a ADHD characteristic. I mean, yes. this is not a new concept by any means when you talk to somebody who has a hard time making decisions, right? Because yeah. that's really yeah. what this is about. And so um, FOBO is basically what's happening is we are looking at all of our choices, right? We can't decide on one. We um, feel like there is probably something better. This is, it's practically biblical. This is the curse of riches. Like there are too yeah. many choices and we're overwhelmed by it, right? That's overwhelmed. That's, yeah. Can't make a decision paralysis, right? Yeah. I mean, like you just can't decide. And for, what for I- For people, Nikki, for people who are, who hear FOBO and think FOMO, can you characterize the difference between the two? Absolutely. So this uh, this came from one of the articles and I thought it was actually beautifully written. We easily compare ourselves with each other. That's producing the feelings of FOMO, right? We want to be 
with what uh, we want to be with other people. We want to see the same experiences. We want to be where they're at. So we, you know, FOMO is around the fear of missing out. We don't want to miss out on this wonderful opportunity. FOBO is overwhelming ourselves with the choice. And it can be any choice about what we do that day, what we buy, um, what we eat, like (laughs) it can be anything. And so, yeah, the FOMO is like kind of the experiences that we're missing. The FOBO is more of like the, um, well, it's, it's experiences too. Right. I mean, yeah, but I, I think that's, uh, I think that's really important because FOMO is, is like about the, what we're missing doing, like with other people, it's the Instagram syndrome, right? It's like, oh, I see what they're doing and I'm really missing out on that experience. And FOBO is about what we, is about the, you know, the way I care characterize it's about any choice we have to make, whether you're buying a new car, whether you're using a new task system, whether you're, for me, it's, as you know, always task systems, uh, you know, but whatever it is that you have to land on a, a choice and move forward, it's not being able to move forward and make that choice. And what's so interesting around uh, this particular phenomenon, if you want to call it that, is decision-making you know, it's a mental process that we have to go through with the executive functions in our brains, right? And so as this is how it's so directly related to ADHD is decision-making is an executive function. ADHD has a lot of challenges around executive functions. So this process of making a decision from planning to, to managing your impulses, right? Because a lot of times people will make quick decisions, and not think it through, uh, these are the things that are happening with ADHD. So FOBO is going to be a part of your ADHD. I, I mean, it's just so directly related um, that I, I I know we've talked about it before. That's mm-hmm. the thing that just throws me is that, yes, this is a, this is a term, but we have talked about this before many times. We have talked about the concept for sure. Yeah. Decision yeah. paralysis, I'm sure we have. Yeah. I just love that it's, uh, I, I have kind of fallen in love with the acronym. Like, I just think it's a great way to describe this experience that I live with every stinking day. This is the, this is one of the daily fights of my ADHD. Yes. And it, it's huge for me. Yes. Oh, and it is for all of my clients too. I mean, I've seen it in picking out Christmas paper. You know, like what kind of wrapping paper do I pick out? What kind of computer do I pick out? What kind of, um, you know, appliance do I choose or even just school supplies? And I mean, there's so many things that you can get hung up on because there are so many options and the Internet certainly, you know, does not help us. with these with these uh decisions and so and what's interesting about fobo too i think is that it can make you feel bad even if you have a really good choice that's in front of you it makes Mm -hmm. you feel like oh my gosh i'm gonna regret something and uh, a couple of the things that i really pulled out from the research is you know these were some notes of um some things to look out for like when do you know that this is happening most of us is going to know most of us are going to know when it's happening but Mm -hmm. Um, just a couple of, of flags to be looking for when you refuse to settle for the options you have in front of you at any given moment, it's not good enough. Uh, you know, three choices is not a good enough. I need to keep looking. I need to keep looking. This second one I thought was really interesting. This is not my, this, these are not my words. Just want to say it out loud. (laughs) Putting Mm -hmm. yourself first without regards to anyone else. I read this. I had no idea what it meant. Well, this is what it means. And I thought it was really interesting because it's not a very nice way 
to put this, right? right? Because I don't think that having a fear of better options, you wouldn't directly go to, well, how am I putting myself first? Mm-hmm. But this is this is where I think the impact is. If you have a broken dishwasher in your house and you are stuck with making a decision on what dishwasher to buy, the people that are being impacted are the other people that are living in your house. Oh, Oh. Because now they have to wash dishes. They're waiting for you to make a decision, you know. So it's putting your own indecision, your own decision paralysis in front of possible needs of somebody else that is also okay. impacted by this decision being made. Okay. Yeah. So isn't it interesting how we instantly almost think that all of these things are just personal decisions, but really when we start to take a step back, they're impacting other people. Ripples in a pond again. Yeah. yeah right? I totally get that. And I, I see that's, I, I absolutely see it because my experience with FOBO is generally, <laughs> it's generally my own, my own stuff. Like I can't decide on a task system. I can't decide on a, you know, script writing system. I can't decide on whatever, but really like even those the people I live with and love have to hear me bitch about it all the time. (laughs) Well, and I got to tell you, if you haven't decided on a task system and you're falling behind on what Mm -hmm. you're doing for your business, you're impacting other people. I'm impacted. Yeah. Right. So I have decided, Nikki, it's to doist. It's okay. We're fine. Okay. And you know, we're good. We're all good, good. everybody. Yeah. We're all good here. (laughs) But, but isn't that interesting how, I mean, really it isn't, I mean, a lot of times it could be just us, like what book to read. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. really only impacting me. Um, but yeah, I think that there are other things that, that go bond beyond that. Yeah, uh, waiting totally. until you have as many options available as possible before moving forward. That can definitely get us stuck. Living in the maybe and operating your life based on I'll get back to that or I'll get back to you on that. I I interpret this a little bit different. Living in the maybe I'll get back to you on that. I look at that in my own, like we need a couch and we've needed a couch for a long, long time. And I have gone out and I've looked and I didn't like anything. And then the wait list or not the wait list, but getting anything is taking months because nobody has any supplies anywhere in this country, in this world. And so I keep thinking, oh, I'll just, I'll do it later. I'll do it later. And then I'm thinking if I had just done it when I said I was going to do it, I would have had, I would have had a couch by now. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, you know, I, I think you can interpret, interpret that, that, or interpret that any way that you see, but living in the maybe, I mean, that's, it's definitely there. Yeah, I get it. I I do feel like that. Too. We we have sort of conditioned ourselves in the I'll get back to you on that as being a, a thing of pride in protecting our time. But but it is it doesn't take very long to see that as a as a curse, too, in this context. So, right. Because are you really protecting your time or you're just avoiding making a decision? Avoiding making that is that's the, there the two different razor's things. edge you're dancing along. You right there. bet. You bet. Yeah. Our first approach here is to talk about what Patrick McGinnis says. Like, what is what does McGinnis recommend as a way to get to the other side of FOBO? Yes. And this is really interesting. I would love to have a, a interview with him sometime. Uh, so there are two things that he says. This is this comes from him. For everyday things, this is what he does. He calls it the ask 
the watch. So he will make, uh, he'll whittle down something to two options, right? So he's got two choices and then assign each item to a side of his watch. And then he says, I look down and I see where the second hand is at the moment. And that's the decision that's made. (laughs) It sounds silly, but if you try it, asking the universe, you will thank me. And I think that what's nice about that is it does kind of simplify things that take almost take the decision out of your hands. It's almost like, which hand do you want to pick? This is what you get. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like if you're behind your back, like, okay, do you want my left or right hand? And you say, I want the left hand. That's what you get. So it sort of just takes that um, pressure off of the little things. So I do this, but I, my interpretation of it is different. Oh, really? Okay. When I'm, yeah. When I'm really struggling with something, I think to myself, okay, like I'm going to ask the universe, like, let's, let's say I have a blue couch or a red couch. Mm-hmm. I think, okay, this is it. I can't decide. So I'm going to flip a coin. Heads is blue couch. Tails is red couch. I flip the coin. I catch it. I put it on my hand, like as you do. And I look at it. And whatever the answer is, I will immediately know if it's the right answer. And if it's not oh, the right answer, I know that too. Yes, yeah. yes. Like if it's heads and it's blue couch, and I think, yes, that feels good to me. If it's heads and it's blue couch, and I think, oh, that's, I don't feel great about that, then I know it's red couch. And more often than not, just going through the motion, the actual physical sort of kinesthetic action, throwing the coin, catching it, asking, assigning the sides, doing the work of asking the universe actually helps me come mm-hmm. to terms with a decision that I don't know how to make intellectually. It's, yeah, it it yeah. does. It sounds silly. I think he's, he's right. It sounds silly to do stuff like that. But you know, you just, you figure it out in, in some and, cases. And I love that because I think it's also, it is following your instinct, you know, because I think it's interesting when, when you know you want something for me anyway, I know I want it. And that is a pretty, you know, easy decision to make. When I'm not sure, that's when I know that I'm not ready to make that decision yet. Mm-hmm. You know, like I need yeah. to either sit on it or I do need to look at some other things because that option isn't the right option. So I do think, yeah, it's interesting to listen to your instinct and how that how that goes. Because I think about... um certain decisions I've made that were very impulsive and I'm thinking, but they were great decisions. Like they worked out really well um, because I just knew. So anyway, yeah, it is an interesting little kind of trick. Now for the big things, he likes to think like a venture capitalist. He writes everything down on the topic, pros, cons. He reads them out loud. That process is basically like writing an investment memo for a VC investment. But in this case, the investment is of your time, your money, and your energy. Mm-hmm. Of course, we've learned you learned about this in the past, I think, too, about pros and cons. And But what I really like about what he's saying here is you read it out loud. And I mm-hmm. would even add that for the adhd or to read it out loud and talk to somebody else about it. When I was still teaching regularly, this was my regular bit of advice to students is whatever you write for submission, read it out loud or have it read to you. The act of having those words come back through your ears, not by way of just your brain, allows you to find all of the things that trip you up, like all the the things you don't necessarily believe, the the things that aren't cited, the grammatical errors because you're tripping over the sounds of of words and and uh, all of that thing that stuff really helps and i can imagine in this case 
just reading those decisions, those possible options aloud can help your brain trigger in a, a new way. I know it works in other contexts for me and I can see how this this would mm-hmm. probably be very effective for me too. And then there are some other ideas too that that um, that we came up with on our own, you and I, that we do. And then there were some other things too in my research. And one of the things I thought was really interesting is accept what you can and cannot control. And boy, having anxiety, that's a hard one, right? Because we want to control everything. Everything, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a couple of aspects around this particular point. Uh, one of the ideas was to decide on, you know, three or four reasonable, non-negotiable things that you need uh, in order to make a decision. And by doing this, and I agree because by doing this, it sets this minimum, you know, criteria so that you don't have to look at every single option. So for example, if you're looking for a new house, what are your, what are your have tos? What are the non-negotiables so that when you go in and look at the database, you know, those are the things you're looking at rather than looking at everything or looking at things, you know, 10,000 above your price point and 10,000 below your price point, like, you know, really kind of trying to zero in on limiting the a number of options. And one of the other things I would add to this it, it, that I talk to clients about is do eliminate the ones that you know you don't want. Don't keep those in front of you. Get them out of your eyesight so that you're only looking at what you really see as being valuable because it's clutter. It's mental clutter mm-hmm. that you don't need to be looking at, right? Yeah. I know with myself and with other people that I talk to when it's when it's really difficult to make a decision, it's those what if questions that get into Mm-hmm. Uh, that get in our way. And, you know, it, it can be a simple, I don't even know if this is simple necessarily, but, you know, what if you choose a movie, say you're having a hard time choosing a movie and the movie's bad. Okay. The movie was bad. Um, or you decide that you want to live in this neighborhood, but what if you have bad neighbors? Okay. What if you do have bad neighbors? Like we can't control whether or not we think the movie is bad until we watch the movie. We really aren't going to know if we're going to have bad neighbors until we really move into the neighborhood and find out what our relationships are like. So there's, there's these things that, that can happen, but we really have no control over them if, and when they happen. And the part that I struggle with in this is their advice was, well, you know, think, this through. What if the worst case scenario happens? Totally fine with that to an extent. Yeah. Unless you live with anxiety and then you're perseverating on the worst case scenario. Well, then you're thinking of the worst case scenario. And so I can't think about it too much because then I'm like going down these rabbit holes that are not healthy and I won't do Mm -hmm. anything. So then I stay stuck. And so I think that you have to know yourself on what's going to serve you and what's not. And I think that for myself with handling my own anxiety, I just have to keep remembering that there's always going to be, you know, options and solutions whatever happens. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, like I can't really think about it until I'm there. Like it doesn't serve me to do the what ifs all that much. So that's me personally. Yeah. Um, I, speaking for myself, I, I'm with you on all all of that. And I think this is where I, I trip up on the, the three to four reasonable, like know what you want and the what if questions together. And I think this, this leads me back to, um, realizing that 
acceptance happens at the decision level. Like it's hard for me to build a rule set that says every time I want to make a decision and I'm having FOBO, I'm going to apply this consistent approach every time. Like it's just, I can't, I can't do that. I have a friend, for example, you talk about your movies. Uh, I have a friend who has been working, like he loves movies, but he's been working really hard on developing the muscle that is, if I don't get into the movie about 20 minutes and I'm not like enjoying it or provoked to see what happens next, I stop the movie. I yeah. can't do that because that's where, like, I don't know how to do that because FOBO hits me at 20 minutes in and I think, well, how will I be able to talk about the movie if I don't finish it? Like, sometimes mm-hmm. stuff happens at the end that really changes <laughs> right. my perspective. Right. And this is a muscle that this friend of mine has built saying, you know what, I don't care. Like, if I don't care in 20 minutes to find out what's going to happen in two hours, I'm going to start a different movie. You know, I'm going to try something new. And that's what's interesting, too, because I think that what you're hitting on is it really, can we take a step back and figure out what is it that we really do care about? And do yes. we really care about this? And and what is the impact of this right now versus later? And one of the things that I think really struck me or struck me about the research was that, you know, will this decision matter in five years? Two days from now, is it going to make a difference? And, you know, keeping things in perspective as much as you can, it's so hard when you're in the middle of it all, right? Yeah, Um, But we do have to look at, is this something I really care about? Or is this something that I am just, you know, I'm stuck on right now? But maybe if I can figure out a way to get out of it, it won't feel as bad. I I don't know. I I, I think that um, it depends on how much you care about it. Yeah, right. You right. know, I so so I'm gonna I want to level up exactly that because I think this is part of the empathetic vibe that a lot of ADHD people have, and uh, it goes back to Michael Crichton, who has a thing called Wet Streets Cause Rain. And this is, I I know I've talked about this on the show, so forgive me if it sounds familiar, but just to refresh, uh, you're reading the newspaper and you're reading an article about ADHD and ADHD coaching, right? And it says some things in there that are objectively wrong. And you know, Nikki, that those things are wrong because you live and work in this space and you are trained and you are certified and you have this, that the reporter just didn't get right in the story. And you think to yourself, ah, stupid, this is incorrect. You turn the page, and now you're reading something about curling, the sport of curling. It, there is intrigue in the world of curling. You're not a curler, are you? I think it's a weird sport. Okay, so you don't know anything about curling. Uh-uh. <laughs> and, and you read that story, and you believe it is gospel right? You believe every single fact in there because you don't know anything else about curling. And so your worldview, just in the space of having that page turned, it's the same newspaper, right? Right. right. And yet you have totally turned around on your opinion about this story, about curling. You totally believe that this is true, even though you know objectively that this is a paper that prints stuff that is incorrect. Okay. So he calls that gel man amnesia. And I'll put a link in the show notes. I think about this all the time because when I hear other people making decisions or having a decision on the horizon, that is triggering for me because I have FOBO on behalf of them. Of in that stuff person. That I, right. Yeah, of that person. You Like you called me, you texted me and you said, I have to buy a new computer. And then 
ghosted me for like two hours because you were out buying a new computer, I think. And I, I went into like a <laughs> panic state. Like I was like, oh, God, I hope she makes the right decision. I hope she makes all the right. And you did. You did fine. It was fine. You are capable of buying your own computer. You were an adult. But I found that very <laughs> triggering I'm to so me because sorry. no, because because you had asked and I was I ready. I was like ready. And I, I was know. on the hotline. Like, let's talk through features and specs because that's what I know. Yes. If you had told me you wanted to go out and buy a new spiral notebook, I would have had no strong opinions right, about that. Right, right, right. None. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I, I find like what I'm getting at is the muscle for me, to your point, is I have to be constantly aware of the things that I have strong opinions about that are triggering for me. And you've heard me say it like I, I don't have a strong opinion about that, whatever right, you ask right, me. Like right. I have to practice that. That has to be a daily sort of bit of mindfulness for me or I can spin up like crazy. Well, you're doing a really good job because I have noticed you saying that a lot. So good job. Good job. To Thank you. you. Thank you. Really? It's really, yeah. really important to me. My, maybe not to everybody else, but I can spiral so fast. I can perseverate. We've talked about it. Well, and I have to tell you, Pete, I felt so bad because I did. I asked you the question. And then after I got done with my last appointment, I went straight to Best Buy to buy the computer. And, yeah. <laughs> and I thought about you and I thought, oh, damn. Oh, I don't know if I can say that, um, <laughs> that, you know, I left you, I left you <laughs> and you I, did. Felt, you, was, I felt horrible. Te uh, techno ghosting. It right was, there. and it was yeah. sort of a sense of urgency because I needed it quickly. But anyway, um, I do get what your point is for sure. And, and it is interesting that we do have to think about how much we care about this and, and, you know, hopefully anybody that's listening will, will take that to heart that it doesn't have to be every decision that yes, some decisions, uh, are going to be harder to make. We know that. But maybe some of the ones that you don't care as much about, you you can say, what did you say? I don't have a strong opinion. I don't have a strong opinion on that. I like that. I like that. I don't have a strong opinion on that. And and maybe you don't need to have one. And that's okay. Yeah. You can you Because can you know decision. what? You Once you start saying that a lot, you will know. It's like the coin thing. You will know more readily when you do have a strong opinion about something. Right, right. It, I love that. It like bubbles up. It's like, huh, I need to think about that. Apparently, I'm feeling something strongly about that. Yes. It is a sense of just sort of intellectual curiosity, I think, or emotional curiosity that, that comes up for me. <laughs> something I want to add to this that I believe is also a brother or sister uh, to FOMO and FOBO is the overcomplication of things. And I see this a lot with clients where they'll say, I'm, I, I know I'm overcomplicating this. I know I'm making too much of this or I'm looking at too many details or whatever it might be. And, and, um, you know, and, and sometimes they are, sometimes they are overcomplicating it. And so as a coach, I have to, you know, take a step back and say, okay, wait a minute, let's, let's look at what's happening here. And so again, I, I have to stress the importance it is to talk things through with other people. Um, when you feel like you're overcomplicating or something isn't making sense, or you do feel like you have too many options or you're having a hard time breaking something down, talk to someone else. It can be anyone. It can be a coach. It can be your therapist. It can be your friend. It can be your spouse, your, one of your children, um, you know, a, a colleague, a boss, it doesn't matter. Just pick somebody that you, that you trust and talk it through to them and say, this is what's going on and find out what they have to say. And then also ask yourself, what are the boundaries that you have or want to have around your time? 
you know, on when you, how much time do you want to spend on this? And, uh, because I, I'm sure there's people out there that, that will say, I still need to do the research. I'm not going to be comfortable making a decision by just making it. So, okay. But what are the boundaries around your time? Do you want to spend two hours on it? Are you okay with spending three or four hours on it? Because it means that much to you. You know, so again, I think it goes back to how important it is, what, what is the time factor that you want to invest? Are you clear about what you're even looking for, right? Let's be clear about what it is that you need and try to eliminate some of those decisions and options so that you can get closer to the three or four that seem you know, more reasonable. Um, so I think that, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to approach this. And my um, hope for people who are listening is that there is a way to approach it mm-hmm. and that you don't have to always get stuck in the spiral every single time. Like so many of the things you can, you can see it's sort of the thread of what we've been talking about so far this season. So much of it is, uh, is about the framework that you create, the scaffolding you create for how you approach problems. It's the, yeah. the tools, internal tools you bear, you bring to bear when you, when you face these things. It's okay. It doesn't have to be what everybody else does. Absolutely uh, not. Yeah. And if yep. you need a little bit more time, then take your time. Take the time. You know, yeah. right. Absolutely. We've got links to uh, the articles and resources that Nikki talked about. I'll put a link into the uh, Michael Crichton, uh, wet streets cause rain, Gelman amnesia, amnesia effect. Uh, that I, I talked about here. So if you want to read a little bit more about that, it's interesting. And we appreciate you. Thank you, everyone, for downloading and listening to this show. We appreciate your time and your attention. Don't forget, it's Pledge Drive Month. If you want to support us and what we do, if you want to get access to the Platinum Level New Tier stuff, goodies that new Platinum members get, you can do that for this month. That means you get Coffee with Pete. You get uh, Coaching with Nikki coming up a little bit later uh, in the month. It, there's just a lot of very exciting stuff, and we would appreciate it if you would consider it. Take advantage of some of these resources, and and also the Placeholder Podcast is coming. I've got I've got the script to the trailer literally right on my screen right here. Oh, and so in you're going to be recording that like yeah. probably Oh, I'm soon. recording it imminently. In yes. fact, uh, let me just tell you, as we're talking about this, some of the sound effects you will hear uh, War Games, would you like to play a game? Uh, Bard's Tale, 1985, sound effects from the game. Uh, how about the Windows 3.1 opening chime? Yes, those are all sound effects you'll hear in the upcoming Placeholder trailer. Cool. Very exciting stuff. Anyway, thank you all, everyone, one and all, uh, for being a part of this community. You make it so, so special. As Nikki said early on, you're so much better than us. Like, we're just lucky to be able to hang out with you people. So, so true. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week right here on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.